Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three cool friends from college, some gals up here in the Midwest, are ready to talk to you about our favorite romance, books, movies, TV shows, other things. Um, we'll go ahead and get started here. I'm Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. And uh, today we are talking about The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Okay, folks, before we jump into anything else, let's go ahead and do the usual, uh, not trigger warning, but you know, we swear a lot. Um, We're going to be talking about dirty sex at times. We're going to be unfiltered and unhinged. So if you're into that, that's cool. That's what's going to happen. If you're not into that, I understand and I respect your choice. Also, a little warning, we seem to be particularly squirrely tonight, so we apologize in advance. <laughs> you know. It's my fault. I'm sorry. So, before I let this train get too far off the tracks, what is everybody up to? What are you reading or watching or listening to in your life? Got anything, Wigs? Uh, yeah. This time I really do. Hot damn. Yeah. I have uh, I have actually been uh, pretty busy reading. Uh, I finally finished uh, A Court of Mist and Fury, which is one of the Court of Blood and Blas by Sarah J. Moss. And that book, I swear to God, the, for the first half of it, I was like, why do people get like this is the one in the like series where everybody's lost their minds for this series this is the book right i don't i was like reading this and i was like why 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 do we care um and then it finally takes a turn in like the third act and you're like okay i get it i guess um and so i do want to read the next like books in the series but i don't know this book is like this book series is so hyped up that my opinion about it I don't know really how to shape it because I know I don't like it as much as it's been hyped up to, but I do like it. So I don't know. I read this book called Guild, which is on Kindle Unlimited right now. And its premise is, I don't know, this is what it was sold to me as. It was like if the King Midas story was sexy. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And... It kind of is that on the surface, or at least it starts out that way, but like it very quickly is not that. So I don't know. I don't know if the series like gets more sexy, but I think it was interesting. And I think the author did a really good job of building like world building. The world building was really interesting and I want to know more about that. But to me, this is not like a romance novel. And so the fact that it's being sold that way is it's kind of like going to see a comedy and instead it's a drama. Like... It's not that the movie was bad, but it's not what you came to see. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And then I just read the second in a series that I've been reading um, by Juliet Cross. And it's called Don't Hex and Drive. And honestly, Danny, I think this one specifically I I want to recommend to you. (laughs) I don't know why. Like, well, I do know why. Um, 
is there wall sex energy? Because that's the only thing that I'm like, hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was like, I know you're shaking your head, my love, yes. but we're on a podcast. Yes, there is. People can't hear you. <laughs> okay. I don't want to reveal too much. Um, well, I, all you need to tell me is wall sex energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I've been reading. Because, yep. Mm-hmm. What about you, Liz? Oh, hot damn, my turn. Okay. <laughs> I have been reading. So I finished... What Lies Beyond the Veil by Harper Woods. And that was a dud. It was a goddamn dud. Uh, It was two stars for me. It, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the main love interest is too much. And not in a good way. Like, in a, whoa, bro, back off. Yeah. Kind of way. In the, I want to be, I want you to be my everything person. You're like, I don't want that. Yeah, it was. It was too much. Um... Then I read Jailer to the Death God by Rebecca Kenny. That was good. This was good. Um, it's about a gal who's the queen of like a small region and they're all like pl- are working through this plague and everybody is dying. So she summons the God of Death and traps him in a contract to basically help save her people. Ooh. And then they have sex. I seem like a super inappropriate person during this podcast. I promised I'm not sure, sure, usually. Sure, 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 sure. Yes. Sure. Oh, shut up. You guys, which by the way, in the intro, you said we're three super cool. I'm like, since when? I to have me? always been yeah. so cool. Any others, Liz? Yes, I have another one. Kay. Okay. Uh, Jesus, tits. <laughs> um, I told you, we're squirrely tonight. I read Entranced by the Basilisks by Lillian Larkin, the next one in the Gargoyle book. Um, have you read it, Danny? No, I haven't. Okay, you should read it. Um, I will say I don't think it was as good as Gargoyles, and the only reason I mention that is because it has a lot of the same tropes as Gargoyles, so it feels a little rinse and repeaty. Okay. But if you're looking for your next Gargoyles energy kind of thing, you could go there. I, I will. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> I was listening back to one of our podcasts before. Well, actually, we were talking about um, the time I got drunk and saved a demon. And we were talking about Ambrose, who's snake body buddy. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, well, yes. where's the penis? Do you have answers? Read this book, you'll find out. Oh. Read the book, you'll find out. You'll know what a penis is. Good to know. <laughs> I was very... You'll know. I was very intrigued by Ambrose, because I'm like... But where does peanut cook? Penis but where does from? penis come? Because I like the personality. Well, they'll tell you as where long the penis as, comes. I mean, obviously, obviously, different authors, so they can have different <laughs> interpretations. But you'll learn where their penises come from. Fair enough. Because they also have the like human body snake body thing. Okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, I assume that like right. in that universe, the gargoyles aren't in gargoyle shape all the time. So is it similar that they're like glamoured? Yeah. Yes. However, they do have sex in the half, sh- the half, mm. half shape. So you learn where the <laughs> penis comes from. Same thing with her first book, which is about a kraken. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. It was, it was, it was good. <laughs> I liked it. If you like tentacle porn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Danny, 
What about you? So me on the, not gonna lie, was a little bit on the depresso expresso. Um, so my response to that was to continually play Red Dead Redemption 2. So I just shot a bunch of people. Like you do. Like you do. So I really haven't been reading or even watching anything. I literally have just been playing a video game most of the time. Though, honestly, there is a really sad romance plotline in that there is. game as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sad. It's not sexy. It's sad. It really is. There's a couple of them that are kind of like, oh. oh womp womp. Womp womp. <laughs> but, so yeah, they really didn't have anything to do with romance. I just wanted to shoot people. All right, so should we move on talking about... This was a Wiggles book. <clears throat> this was a Wiggles book. This was a Wiggles book. She's been stupidly excited about it from the moment she was like, guys, we're reading this. And we're like, cool, ah. sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever you say, girl. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> so first, let's talk about our author. So Helen is reader of romance first, has been reading uh, them since apparently eighth grade, according to her website, and has been addicted ever since. Uh, went to Cornell University and moved to California, where she now lives with her husband, two kids, pet fish, and um, Belgian Malnolius. I don't know what that is. Belgian Malamute. It's a dog. Sure. Yeah. I I I I adopt mutts, so I do it. I don't know what that means. Um, anywho, it's a little like a German Shepherd. Cool, 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 cool. So anyway, she went through this whole process of realizing that she was autistic. She kind of talks about that. Like, if you go to the back of the book, uh, she has like a little bit of information about that. So you can certainly dive into that a bit more. I'm not going to talk about that too much because I think we'll definitely talk about um, the autistic nature of our main character as we dive into the book. And she definitely brings that into the characters of her novels. Um, in all three of her books the that she currently has out, The Kiss Quotient, The Bride Test, and The Heart Principle, there is an autistic character. The term autistic um Asperger's that that's become like very like not the correct term since the writing of this book so like I'm not going to use it for the remainder of 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 this episode but that is one that gets thrown out a couple of times it's funny you said that because I literally told Liz that right before we started recording that that's not the the word to use anymore yep yep yeah I mean and like the thing is, like, if if that's the diagnosis that you were given, you know, like, that would be the one that you would go to to write. Um, but obviously, that's not one that we use anymore. So anyway, just kind of keep that in mind. If you go into reading this, it, it was written with that older, out-of-date term. But yeah, so she come, approaches it from the perspective of somebody who is writing with her own experience in mind and is definitely writing um, not to speak over or about other people's experiences because everybody's experience with neurodivergent and divergence in any capacity is going to be different from each other you know she writes from her experience which is really great because it's nice to have a character who um who is neurodivergent and gets to have a love story so that's pretty awesome nice to have the representation yes for the autism community yes and obviously for um, the Asian American community, because um, that is also um, the background of our author. So that's really great. So yeah. Coolio. So now that we've gotten our taste of the author, let's go ahead and read the back of the book. Yes. 
All right, so Stella Lane, our heroine, our, our female lead here, comes up with algorithms to predict customer purchases, a job that has given her more money than she knows what to do with, and is way less experience in the dating department than the average 30-year-old. It doesn't help that Stella has Asperger's, uh, or that French kissing reminds her of a shark getting its teeth cleaned by pilot fish. Her conclusion? She needs a lot of practice with a professional which is why she hires our escort, Michael Fan. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. With the looks of a K-drama star and the martial arts moves to match, the Vietnamese-Swedish stunner can't afford to turn down Stella's offer. And when she comes up with a lesson plan, he proves willing to help her check off all the boxes, from foreplay to more than missionary position. Before long, Stella not only learns to appreciate his kisses, but to crave all of the other things he's making her feel. There's no nonsense partnership starts making a strange kind of sense. And the pattern that emerges will convince Stella that love is the best kind of logic. So yeah, let's talk about the kiss quotient. Yeah. Where where do you even want to start? There's just so much. I The one thing I want to say before we get started is I am not as versed in um, autism or understanding and... So I just want to make sure to put like a personal disclaimer out that if I say anything that anybody at any point in time could be construed as not correct, not not correct, correct. uh, yeah, something like that, that has never been my aim, that never will be my aim. I certainly love all the sorts of inclusion that are here. And um, so, yeah, I just want to put that out there. It's from lack of understanding, not lack of, or not any malice whatsoever. Right. Like, I did not know that that term that we are not using now for the rest of the podcast was no bueno. Yep. I did not know that. I learned that from TikTok. Well, I mean, because. the biggest thing is, I, I, and granted, like, I'm not an expert, right? I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not an expert. The thing in understanding autism is that when you think about the spectrum that is autism it's not it's not a binary spectrum it's more like a spectrum of color and so it's it's there's so many so much variety therein of of how it impacts um the person who has it positively and negatively and so everybody's experience with autism is so varied and that's the thing that makes it so hard to put in a box absolutely so yeah it's why it is a spectrum because everybody is a little different and that's what makes them unique. Mm-hmm. They're not the only thing that makes them unique, obviously, but of course, it's part of what makes them unique. Yeah. One of the things a lot of people are coming to terms with, especially women, is that there are a lot of people who are realizing that they didn't get diagnosed from a young age and are now just realizing that they actually are autistic um, and that mm-hmm. they've just been masking their whole lives. And so that's al- also adds a level of complication because they've been spending their whole lives skiing, masking. Um, there's a lot of different ways to describe essentially um, hiding things about themselves that would identify to people who could test for that, that they are autistic. And so... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And women especially mm-hmm. have a harder time to get diagnosed with both ADHD and autism, they don't, it presents differently in women than it does in men, which yep. makes it a very hard diagnosis. Yeah. Well, and if I understand correctly, um, it's also partly because when we do our initial studies and investigations, we typically use male patients. Mm-hmm. Correct. Which leads to 
very skewed understandings of things. Absolutely. I'm, as far as I know, I am not autistic. Um, but when I was diagnosed with whatever I have, and I say whatever I have because I don't know, uh, because my parents like took the file of my diagnosis and like put it away somewhere and said we're not dealing with that anymore for a lot of reasons. In part, but because like when you were when you get diagnosed with a learning disability as a kid, the, it wasn't helpful like it is now. Like they were like, oh, so you're going to have these potential challenges. So these are the ways we're going to address it, right? A rational fucking response, right? Back then it was, guess what? Your life's going to fucking suck and here's why. And so my parents being teachers were like, this is not helpful. This is just demotivational. What the fuck? (laughs) Like the things that I was told, for example, that I would never be able to do, I would be a terrible drawer and I would have terrible penmanship. My parents were told that I wouldn't be able to drive a car. What? Yes. Who the fuck told like, you this shit? Who the fuck told you you wouldn't be able to drive a car? This is the- I mean, I... I mean... Like... Sorry, but, go ahead. I also have an ADHD... Like, I don't know if what you're diagnosed with. Obviously, neither nope. do you. But, like, I have an ADHD diagnosis and I can do fucking every... I haven't been medicated in forever. And that's... I I'm I was medicated all through school, but stopped after that because I don't really like the idea of taking those medications. Well, some people do need them. And they do. And I, I'm nothing against the people who do take them and everything. Right. I just didn't like always being on them. They also greatly affected my appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, and as somebody who has raging insomnia already, they fuck my sleep schedule hard. And so I just, I don't like being on them and I'm 35 years old and no ways to cope. But yeah, no, that's true. Like, I'm really stuck on the, you wouldn't have been able to drive a car oh my God. thing. Like, the, one of the things that I thought was so funny is, um, so my dad is, my dad and I are very similar. If Since you don't know him that well, Danny, and obviously the people listening don't know him that well, but Liz knows um (laughs) personality wise we're very similar apparently i kept getting up and sharpening my pencil because i had to have a sharp pencil if i didn't have a sharp pencil i wasn't happy or satisfied with how my handwriting was working so um my teacher was like she's got a problem she needs to have her she needs we need to like she needs to be in special ed because she's she keeps sharpening her pencil there's something wrong with her or whatever i don't know my mom loves to tell me this story so they're in conferences right and my dad goes um, or we could get her a mechanical pencil. Yeah. And like that, and that's the only reason I think that my life is as functional as it is, is because my parents. Admittedly, part of like my school time was me figuring out what I needed without distracting other people. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that's what, that's how um, female presenting, or like, not female presenting, but like um, female, like, the sex female uh people are is that it's you spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to just like minimize yourself yeah which is which is different than like male sex like male people what am i, what am I trying to say how do you say that correctly um <laughs> people who were raised female is that what you're trying to say almost uh, nausea more people who were born female. oh assigned female or at raised. birth i don't know yeah there we go why couldn't i fucking think of that I don't... Who's to say? Because I've heard it plenty of times. I've used it plenty of times. Yeah. It's easy for things to float out of your brain. (laughs) One of the things that I did the most was I would move my leg, Mm -hmm. jiggle my leg up and down because I needed to move or I couldn't, 
I wouldn't be able to like stay in the place if I couldn't move. So if I just did my leg, it wasn't as distracting for other people around me. I wasn't disrupting anybody else, but I was still moving. The only person that it it bothered was my mother. Moms (laughs) always know. Oh God, it drove her nuts. We'd be sitting at church. Church was the worst. Catholic church. Mm. God. Right? And I was so twitchy in church. I couldn't help it. It's boring. <laughs> well, yeah, for a kid, it's fucking boring. As oh, an adult, it's fucking boring. It, yeah, and it's fucking no hour long and... Ugh. And it was a Catholic church, so there was no, like, good music and stuff. Like, no offense, but there's a reason why I left, left the Catholic church. But so my leg would be twitching, and my mother would all of a sudden just, like, grab my leg and, like, shove my foot down to the floor, like, knock it off. I'm like, how is this really affecting you? And so, like, I, got, I brought us to this tangent. I apologize a little, slightly, but not really, because I think it's a, a good topic for us to talk about. Because for me, I never talked about this, ever. Until like the last, you know, four or five years, like there were things that in th- this book, for example, I was like, I fucking do that. Um, but also like, are some of those things just relatable things that... That is actually something I wanted to bring up though, is even if you're not necessarily not on the spectrum or whatever, there is a lot of relatable things still. And I think it's really mm-hmm. important to be able to view people and their different facets and see that there are still relatable aspects mm-hmm. Like for me, as soon as I enter like a new social setting where I don't know people, my brain is constantly like on overdrive to the point that I can't even think of how to respond to people because it is spending so much time just trying to be like, get me the fuck out of here. And I a little bit have have the opposite where I just like completely shut down and try to like absorb into a wall. It's it's kind of similar, except it's just like everything I cannot cope with trying to figure out how to talk to somebody. Like networking events are a nightmare for me. Oh, I, I just shut down and I'm just, and if I know if I can't leave, cause it's like, you're required to be here for the next two days. I'm just like fucking blue screen slash panic. It's like blue screen panic, blue screen panic, blue screen panic. So I totally got that from this book. So um, how do we like our heroine? I like her a lot. That are there some things about her that I could, <laughs> I could never, uh, yeah. But I think that she's uh, she's so much the type of person you kind of like wish you could be, but then you realize you're like, uh, no, I will not wake up tomorrow morning a half an hour early and work out. And she's the one who does. I like her and don't. I have a lot of secondhand embarrassment for her. I realize a lot of that has to do with her need for things to go exactly the way she wants them to and everything because of the fact that she has autism Mm. but i have whenever something like super embarrassing happens in books i like instantly cringe Mm. and can't it's interesting so i didn't have that i didn't get any sort of like secondhand embarrassment i i loved the descriptions of her like not being able to handle situations i don't think i would ever have the ability to express to another individual as i am like getting dirty with them or whatever that i'm like that uncomfortable and i don't mean that in like a a bad way because like with my husband absolutely i'll fucking tell him all the time but i mean somebody that you just met yeah even if you are paying for them i mean like she is with michael but that alone i wouldn't have been able to work up the courage to pay somebody for sex oh yeah no absolutely not um, if I could find a website, that would be the biggest thing. If I could do what she did and spend like hours of researching and find a website that like I could trust, 
A hundred percent I could. A hundred percent. What she did is, is a little, um, she did a lot of research. It could yes. be extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm like, eeh. Um, but yeah, I am happy that she like figures out ways to like express her concerns mm-hmm. about things or her discomfort in things. She did have moments where like she needed to trust him more to express what she like. For instance, when they're at his his mom's house and like yeah, the TV's up all the way and they're playing an untuned piano. And I have been in situations before where I have felt insanely uncomfortable though Same. and no goddamn way in hell am i telling right. anybody yep like I, it doesn't happen. there are situations like that where it's like i feel insanely uncomfortable with family my own yeah and i'm not gonna say shit i just i'm going to find the easiest way to leave yep. you know or you just like bear down yes. and you're like i just gotta do this for three more hours i just gotta just i just gotta get through this hours. i just gotta get through this i just gotta get through this and you're just like let me find an opportunity to take the batteries out of that fucking kid's toy when they're not looking. Like, I just... <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> I've totally done that to a super to- totally annoying kid's toy before. Um, I'll just, like, slip the batteries out of it at one point. They'll be like, it stopped working. Oh, I guess it's tired. Yeah. I... So I don't have issues with loud noises, but I do have issues with sounds. And the, the issues is I cannot stand mouth sounds and i cannot stand it if i can hear you eating like it is i would imagine nails on nails on a chalkboard don't bother me but like i would imagine it is equivalent or worse than that it's so, same actually the like super sloppy eating if i can hear you chewing or if you're eating cereal and i can hear you crunching i have to like leave the situation and honestly when i do that like when that happens i'm just like i'm gonna get up and go use the bathroom probably a weird amount of times at dinner because <laughs> i just need to like reset okay reset my tolerance so i definitely get the like overload of of noises mine are just different so like in that scene i felt it in my brain i was like uh you need to go now lady i need to go as soon as so i i again once again listen to it on audiobook Mm -hmm. um and as soon as by the way this podcast is ruining my audible (laughs) thing because it's constantly like how about this romance book how about this romance book and i'm like no (laughs) algorithm that's what it is the audible algorithm it's like what about these you're gonna like like, this one then huh (laughs) fuck off no (laughs) But after I listened to that scene, I literally was like, and we're done with this for a bit. It stressed yeah, the I think fuck we all out of me. A break. <laughs> it stressed me out so bad. I'm like, I just, I can feel, because I would have freaked out in that situation. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever had a situation quite like hers. Uh, like the, the thing with the Tupperware where I'm just like, you know, being raised Midwest nice, you just shut the fuck up. Yeah, you just, you just take it because... And, and she's, Half of our granted, she comes from money, right? So she doesn't know, right? Um, you just, you shut yeah. the fuck up. You shut the fuck up and you take it because somebody, somebody fucking made you food. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You shut the fuck up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But. God for fucking bit our mothers ever knew we would like complain about food. Oh my God. From like oh, when God. you're a guest. Oh no. There was. Nay, nay. There is only exclusively two things that I've, I've ever and they are like I can't eat tater tot hot dish, which is I can't eat tater tot hot dish. Either. Makes me si- literally makes me sick it. to my stomach. I cannot. Um, and then obviously mayo. And then it's that's it's so simple. I just say like, hey, can you not put that on my burger or whatever it is? Like, right? Otherwise, you shut the fuck up and you you eat it. 
you pretend to like it. Yeah. Mine is cucumber. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. It makes me gag. And bacon. Mm-hmm. Which my grandma every year when we go fishing in northern Minnesota for a week, um, she at least one day she'll get up and make eggs and first she makes bacon and then she cooks the eggs in the bacon grease mm-hmm. and she'll be like well do you want eggs and i'm like uh i'll i'll, I'll make my own because then i'm gonna wipe out the pan right. to get rid of the bacon grease and my grandma one time finally was like i don't understand and my mom was like she hates bacon mom well, it's just the grease yeah it, it tastes still tastes, tastes like, like bacon. bacon like that's the whole reason people like making things in bacon grease yeah mm-hmm. she's like well she doesn't have to eat the bacon yeah but you're putting her eggs in bacon grease yeah, just cook them in yeah. butter yeah <laughs> Which is exactly what I do. I'm like, I can do it. And it's not even that I'm going to force her to do it, obviously. Oh, no, God forbid. God forbid I force her to do it. I will do it myself. I know how I like my eggs anyway. I'm a single person. I make eggs for myself at least once a week because it is an easy, mm-hmm. non-leftovery thing that I can cook myself that doesn't take too long. It doesn't make a giant-ass mess in my kitchen. <laughs> I think a part of that scene, though, that we kind of bulldozed over is the fact that, like, she couldn't mm-hmm. not say something. Right. right? That's a yeah. part of her, who she is. And, you know, we might have the, I don't want to say the word control because I don't think that's right, but like the ability to grin and bear mm-hmm. it. And right. And, and she runs in situations where she can't. And again, I find that really. Well, and to her. So yeah. things being prepared in the microwave in those plastic containers was literally poisoning. Which is true. To be fair, I've stopped using plastic containers in the microwave since reading this book. So, hey, yeah. learning. Which, and, and it is true. It's true. It is totally a thing. I know it is. Um, And it wasn't necessarily that she, I don't know how to say this. She's also concerned for their safety. Mm-hmm. And that right. is a, a big reason why she couldn't just let it go. Is she, she in her mind... Mm-hmm. I mean, it is true, but it wasn't going to kill them that right that day. second, you know. But in her mind, she needed to protect them, and that's why she couldn't not say anything because they were poisoning themselves. Is what her brain was doing, and I totally get that. <laughs> well, and it's that compulsion, again, right? It's it stops yep. being yeah. um, okay. This is really bothering me, and starts being if I don't if I don't say something, I I I'm not going to be able to just sit here and not say something. I have to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Something terrible will be happening if I can't, mm-hmm. if I don't say something. Well, and I don't, I've seen some really shitty takes because I've like, since I was so excited about this book, I was like, I wonder what everybody else thinks. And I've seen some really shitty takes mm-hmm. that are like, she made his mom cry. She's a terrible person. I'm like, you what? shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. Because like, she, number one, she went and apologized like immediately afterwards. Yes, she did. Um, yeah, my Midwest ass wouldn't be doing that. I'd just be like, I'm, I die now. I know <laughs> <Yeah>. I die. <laughs> I was I like, I, I would crawl um, and die. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess I'm moving states. So. <laughs> Can never talk to you again. Can never evaporate yeah. into the pits of hell. I can't. And, and you know, she takes ownership of things that like technically really weren't her fault you know some of some of that was not her fault and some of it was michael's fault some of it was oh 100 percent. oh yeah who invites somebody on the first time he's meeting they're meeting you know the family to a loud obnoxious overwhelming situation like that it's actually in my notes i'm like michael what the fuck were you doing yeah like why didn't he warn her like even if she wasn't autistic and warn them. so uncomfortable right? oh my god yeah i'm sorry like it, without that added factor, I would be so fucking uncomfortable 
being brought into that situation. Uh, the whole time I would be like, please, God, deliver me from this situation. People talk all the time about not wanting to meet the fucking in-laws. And you want to bring this random chick that you are sort of paying to have a being paid to have a relationship kind of thing. Right. Weird set up with. And, and, and you think that's okay to just like slam your entire family at her? Like what? No. That was such a weird thing to me too, because like, I understand that his mom kind of brought it up first when they actually ran into each other at the, um, the tailor shop, but you shut that shit down. You lied, but you shut it down hard. Right. You, you say, mom, no, no. You just say, oh, mom, no, she She's can't. Busy. She can't make it. Right. End of discussion. Like, it, <laughs> I wouldn't have been going over there. <laughs> and even if mom was like, and I think she maybe was in this book. Well, what about the next day or the next day or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like, no, we are not to that point yet. And she, that's that. she didn't know this was our shop. Otherwise, she wouldn't have come. Yes. Ma'am, mind your We've business. We've only been seeing each other for a little okay. bit. Yeah, but okay. Like, oh, God. And he has so many siblings. It's true. He has like five sisters. <laughs> I couldn't even keep them all straight. I don't remember I how many there were. No. I couldn't remember who was who, but I think there was like five of them. And I'm like, oh my God. I know they just kept talking about Janie a lot, which I didn't get. I understood once she met Janie because she was also going into like economics. But before that, I'm like, why do you guys specifically bring up his one sister? What for? Maybe she's the next book. She's not. I don't think it's uh, no Damn. Kai is. It's um, the cousin. The cousin's uh, brother. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cousin. What's the cousin's name again? Shoot, Quan. Thank you. I was like, God, dang it, <laughs> brain. But okay, like, let's talk about Michael. Let's just talk okay. about him. I think. I think we're there. Um, mm-hmm. Did what do you think? Well, okay. Before we fully dig into Michael. Um, you did look up the pictures of the actor that's referenced for him, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I didn't like the actor referencing. Whoa. I thought, Whoa. It, like, in the book, Did you I was look just up like, pictures of him from Wheel of Time? No, 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 no. Yes, I know who you're talking about, and he is very sexy. I've watched Wheel of Time. I wanted to fuck him in the book, and then when they cast him as the actor, I was like, yes, I was right when I read the book. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is I don't like reading books where they reference other people to be like it looks like this person because i'm just like you're making a really big assumption that i know that person looks like and also like just just describe it to me (laughs) just fucking describe it to me yeah i don't really like that either because i didn't look up the guy look if i have to do fucking work to read your book i'm not here for that a google search is work for you shut up (laughs) i have mixed feelings on michael same like i love how patient he is and how just like kind of wonderful he is with stella but I don't like how he just like insta loved her or at least insta like liked her. That felt weird. Um, I also don't like, and this isn't a Michael thing. This is an author thing. I hate it when people write um, characters who, especially in first person who are like, yeah, but there's that one thing holding me back. And then they never say it. They never describe it to the audience and they just keep repeating. Oh, but you know, that one thing I couldn't, I just can't fall in love with him because of my dad and then just never explain it until the very end. And I'm just like, but that's not how a person thinks. You're really taking me out of the narrative, especially the first person narrative. When you say mm-hmm. like, oh, I just wouldn't do that because of my dad's thing. Yeah, or I and just, he, it just, like, he doesn't explain it until a lot later. And it's like, well, he wouldn't, right. he wouldn't think like that. He would be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this because my dad did this. Right. You know? I wouldn't do this because my dad also took advantage of women and I don't want to be like him. You know what I mean? It's just like, it just feels very forced and it makes me, it just takes me straight the fuck out of it. Makes you a little mentally itchy. I didn't like it. I 
feel you. I, I will say though, like I think that there's a lot implied, so I wasn't surprised. I wasn't at surprised where it was going. But... Well that's what almost made it worse. Because it's like you specifically held this detail from me, I'm assuming for some sort of reveal. And then when the reveal came, I was just like, Okay, all right. Yeah, there was no, like, I, guess, I, there was I didn't no feel like she was hiding it so much as just like wasn't overtly saying it. Like, wasn't just hitting you on the head with, like, hey, my dad's, a, like, a shitty guy who took money from my mom and abandoned her. But that part she was. Like, the dad came up a lot. The way the dad treated the mom came up a lot. And yet she continuously just didn't say the details of it. And so it felt very, mm-hmm. like, why are you telling me this? But then stopping. Like, you're, you're like, oh, but this thing. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I'm like, okay, that's not why I'm reading this book. Just tell me what it is. The part about that dynamic that I didn't like was that it was constantly like, well, I'm not going to be with you because I don't deserve you. That aspect of it. And it was sort of like, okay. Like, it was always like, she deserves she deserves to be with somebody else. Who? Right. Like, you claim that you're like so into her, right? Who is this per- imaginary person you have in your head that is like so- going to be so good to her when you've seen how she shuts down? She's shutting down that way because people have treated her like shit in the past. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how people treat her. Mm-hmm. So so maybe Stella doesn't need somebody else, and maybe you're full of shit. Well, my other thing with him is that he so he's constantly the you know. I'm just like my dad, blah, 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 blah. But you had nothing to do with that situation yeah. whatsoever. So why are you so convinced that you're like your dad? Because it's not like you were like he roped you in on the situation or anything like that. And the sins of the father are not the sins of the son. You didn't do shit. So no. why are you? In fact, he did the exact opposite. He gave up everything. Yeah, he gave up everything to go help his mom. Mm-hmm. So like, why are you yeah. so convinced that you're like him? I, I will agree with you there. There needed um, some nugget of something where he either did act in that way or or was behaving in a father-like son kind of way. Yeah. And then, you know, we needed some of that. Because, like, really I could do. understand him feeling that way if, like, he... Because he, his dad did a bunch of, like, shady business dealings or something. If he had been, like, in on the business dealings, not even really knowing what his dad was doing, but still, like, attached mm-hmm. to the business and not noticing or something, I could see him being... feeling guilty about that. Right, but mm-hmm. it just but, felt... Yeah, he just, he didn't have anything to do with it. So why are you so in on the fact that you're, that, you know, that you're just like him? You didn't do anything. But okay, okay. Putting that aside, there's some really good qualities about Michael. Like, really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, for starters, obviously, he's described very cute. Um, And... I know you said you don't like actor comparison, but like the actor who he's compared to is hot, hot, very cute. Um, but putting all that aside, like from the very beginning, the way he treats Stella is better than like, I'm just going to come out and say it. He treats Stella better than any guy I've ever been on a date with. Oh yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Like, <laughs> just facts. Do you think that's because he was being paid to though? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, and, like, I think that's the th- struggle that Stella has throughout the entire book. At what point is this 
not just him putting on a show for her right right her perspective on it all makes a lot of sense because the entire time she can just be like well i'm paying him to be nice to me well and that's that's a big hang up for her is he and well and him is he likes her a lot he wants to actually be with her but in her brain he's only doing it because she's paying him and so that's where a big hang up for her is that well he doesn't actually like me he's just doing his job essentially yeah and they don't communicate well well they do when they don't i mean yes i think that part of the problem is with their communication is that there's there's always going to be the block of like stella doesn't want to push him too far right because technically she shouldn't want him i guess you know beyond a certain point because then she's like pushing into the area that's beyond what the parameters the boundaries if you will of what's been expressed as being okay and then you know from michael's perspective it's the same it is very similar of like if he goes beyond what the is contracted he's not just pushing Stella's boundaries he's pushing his own the the ones that he has established to keep himself safe and so yeah they have bad communication but it makes sense versus I I've read so many of these books where it's just like uh, they have bad communication just for the sake of having bad communication you know yeah yeah no I I definitely get that and and it's a pretty common thing with the like fake relationship trope um which is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. tropes i do love like a fake relationship or like an arranged relationship like we're doing this because not because we actually want to be together we're getting something out of it um it's one of my favorite fucking tropes but it's pretty common for the communication or the miscommunication to come because they're like well but i might be getting feelings but i know the other person isn't so i need to like stop myself i don't want to get hurt yeah Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I I saw this uh, TikTok a little uh, I don't know a, a week or so ago um, where the guy was asking ladies, would you rather have um, a guy who's experienced and knows what he's doing, or a um, a guy who is inexperienced and fumbles the ball, right? Uh, implying we're talking about sexy time here, mm-hmm. right? And I think that Michael exam in this book is obviously one end of that spectrum mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. right like he's got this experience that he calls upon in this book over and over and over again of like oh well this isn't working let's try this and i think that that is part of what makes him very appealing if you like take the emotional aspect out of it is the idea that there's somebody who um knows enough to read the situation and go okay we're gonna try this now and like fixes the situation (laughs) and he does that really well with Stella Uh, and I think that that part's a lot of those parts are really great I do also think though like I get Stella's perspective of it which is because you've been with so many people you you being Michael know what it's like to have like a good sexual partner and so you're just trying to be like well i want to be good too i want you to like Mm -hmm. me too Mm -hmm. um but obviously i want somebody who's experienced like absolutely 
Um, my only thing with... I'm going to be fumbling through it. I don't need you to as well. That's true. My only thing with Michael is, like, he's very experienced. And I understand that Stella's not. But after a couple of weeks of them, like, constantly boning down, it is not spicy. It's not. He doesn't do a lot of, like, super experience shit. It's, it's pretty vanilla. Yeah, I mean, it is. I guess I really enjoyed the, like, exploring each other and, like, exploring each other's boundaries and trying to figure out how it all works. But, yeah, once they actually do that, it's kind of just like, and we're boning. And Yeah, and it's like, and we're boning. We don't really get, like, they mention that they've been boning down a lot, but they don't really, like, it sounds so perverted to say it out loud, but they don't go into any details later on in the book. And I'm like, but she's learned things. What and did I she would, learn? I don't know. I would like to um, hear about the things she has learned. Well, I feel like the author had to make room for there to be a reason for them to break up. And so she had to concoct this whole thing with the, his other, one of his former clients and how that's somehow related to the guy who's interested in Stella at work. Yeah, because so she, she's she, his mother. Yeah, Ugh. like... And so she she had t- she had a lot of th- like things that were taking up book space there to to fill that. Um, but no, I I hear you. Like you had a list. We didn't see the full list. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Didn't it, you, didn't that whole reason feel unnecessary? Like they could have just yeah. broken up because that time ran out and they were like, okay, yeah, and like yeah. just didn't communicate as you would. In that situation. Um, That's another secondhand embarrassment yeah. moment for me. Was that part in the, in the like, country club or wherever that they were at this, yeah. like, fancy schmancy party. And, like, okay, here's the thing, lady. I also have a, I have a big problem with, like, his former client and right. everything. Like, you are in the middle of a party full of rich-ass fucking people. And you pretty much just announced to the entire party... That not only that Stella's boy uh, boyfriend and date is a gigolo, but that you also use gigolos. Well, I think it's interesting to like the rich poor dynamic because that's just another example of like rich people being like, well, I own you. Yeah. Like, I have enough money that I yeah. own other people. Well, I was just going to say I, that's there's another obstacle to their relationship and that's core to this book which is classism Mm -hmm. it's integral to the fact that stella's got wealth and comes from it and michael doesn't at all and is in debt and has all these other factors he's dealing with his mother is in major medical debt because of uh, her diagnosis and so they are literally from different worlds Mm -hmm. and we see this all the time with Cinderella stories, right? It's it's a version of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so I think that scene is necessary because it re-emphasizes that they are from those two different worlds. Because for Stella, there's no consequence. For Michael, there is. Then maybe I wish we would have dove into that a little bit more. I feel like there was a lot of examples of the classism or like the rich versus poor mentality and it's like mm-hmm. we really could have really grabbed onto that a little bit more mm-hmm. the reason that they don't is because michael tries not to point that out because that would make his clients uncomfortable right they don't want to be reminded of the fact that there's uh something between them and so michael's not going to point out that he's 
poorer than they are or anything like that yeah um so his whole thing is to try and make them feel like at ease with him there but for a lot of them that's ownership and so there's also this component of like especially early on does he love stella for stella or is it just that she's not trying to own him yeah well and then there's the other thing of he does a lot of masking to make people think that he is wealthier than he is um one because he is a very experienced tailor and everything so all of his clothes look much more expensive or look like that he spent a lot of money on them when in fact he he made them himself um which is to say that he not necessarily that he didn't spend a decent amount of money on the cloth itself but he did all the labor on it you know Mm -hmm. And then he, um, his car, which is a fairly expensive car, was bought by said bitch face that was his client before who got obsessed with him. So he does a lot of like masking to make it seem like he has more wealth than he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I understand because again, also if you are in the escort business, then you you do want to seem like you have a level that people want, you know what I mean? Right. Because you want to be a higher end escort, you don't want to be. Well, you have to look desirable to the people who are going to be paying you, and they have to feel like they can show you off, or at least be at their, you know, at their level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is part of the thing, even though it is a lot of smoke and mirrors on his part, because his only debt specifically is his mother's medical debt, mm-hmm. because his dad ran away with all of their money, and she has like a. Um, terminal cancer diagnosis it is really sweet that stella made the foundation to help people like her i actually didn't like that you didn't no it felt a little too like deus ex machina to me like we just roll up with the solution i liked it more that she created a foundation not just for her it was to help everybody that's kind anybody that's in that kind of situation Mm -hmm. um it, it felt less cheap than her just paying his mom's medical bills, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because she did talk about, like, well, why do I have all this money and then I can see you mm-hmm. in a position where you need it. There's got to be other people who need it as well. Again, maybe it's just we should have spent more time talking about it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I wish, because they really did, like, after the point of the party where everybody got embarrassed, like, it was a rush to the end at that point. Yeah. And... So that was a little, I wish maybe they hadn't rushed quite to the, the end. end so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I did, it was, it was a toss up. Yes, it did seem a little, little mm-hmm. deus, that's not, I can never say that. Deus ex machina. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it, it was a little of that to me, but I did like it better than her just being like, well, I'm going to pay all your mom's medical bills and right. it'll be fine. It wasn't, it wasn't solely for him, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. And she does point out that she makes quite a bit of money doing her job, but then she had, like, millions in the bank in her trust fund. Once again, uh, we're reminded that how out of touch Stella is financially. Right. Yeah. Um, you had you had to meet somebody who was a, who was a poor, us pavos down here on, <laughs> on Earth. You had to meet one of us um, in order for you to realize that, yeah, there are people who are struggling, like fuck off come on yeah Um, but out of touch but isn't that realistic like if you are that rich you're so unaware of just how and not even that rich like there are people who are middle class or upper middle class that don't even understand how people in poverty like function or how they don't function yeah 
no, I, I think it's very realistic, but I think it's also one of the first times um, in the book that I go, I really don't like you right now, Stella. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, God dang it. You really are. You really are one of those richies, aren't you? You've had all this money this entire time. And well, and it's like also it's like I should have known to a certain extent because I mean, she was dropping 50 grand on escort. an escort. Yeah. yeah, it's just and then just uh, like offhanded was offhanded. Louis said, "Well, I'll buy you a Lamborghini." Yeah, right. Like what? Fuck no, couldn't I? Couldn't process that. Yeah, what? when she said it, I'm like, "Excuse me, you mm. can buy me a Lamborghini." No, there's so much. Well, I mean, you can, and then I'll sell it. Exactly, that's the trick. Yes. <laughs> buy me a I'll nice sell little it, electric car, and, and I'll put that money to mm-hmm. practical use. Right? How about that? Buy a fucking house. Goddamn. Um, fucking Lamborghini. Since we're talking I think about, if you own a Lamborghini, you deserve to get kicked in the ass at least once. It's like <laughs> really hard. Um, Just saying. Yeah. There's something something wrong with you there. Okay. Uh, so. We are opinionated, aren't we? Um, well, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> it's our party, and we can cry if we want to. No, as we're talking about the end, I do want to say I did not like the get back together. I actively hated it. Yeah. You didn't want them to get back no, no, together no, I, at all? Or you didn't like the way they the got way back they together? Got back the way together. they got back together. I hated I, it. I didn't like that it was just like, okay, we've seen Philip douche canoe basically just like chase her down. And, yeah. and she was just like, no, 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 leave me alone. And he never did. And then literally Michael did the same thing to her. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, but it's Michael. So it's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. No, it's not. You told him no repeatedly. Why is he continuing to call you and send you gifts and flowers and like, all this shit. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Oof. Honestly, how I would have ended this book would have been a little bit different. I would have liked to see them had more time apart and still have more time to grow into herself now that she's like developed this confidence, you know, yeah. um, in herself and try going on dates and, and going, uh, this isn't great. And like, but, or, or having a one or two that are like semi successful. And by semi successful, I mean like, you know, maybe she has a, a partner that she's semi, yeah, sexually yeah. comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then randomly running into Michael and able to have a like mm-hmm. relationship build up again because he has now pursued his dreams. She is now like it grown as a person separately from each other. And they see each other and are like, Hey, I see you got mint ice cream. That'd be cute. I don't know why it's a common theme in these romance books where the, the end is always just rushed through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, she spent a lot of time on them, like building their relationship and everything in the beginning. And then when it falls apart, like it's not long. Yeah. Maybe two a week maybe two that they're they're fine and back together and i'm like oh well and i think that's the trope of the that's like one of the biggest tropes of romance novels is that it has to end happily and it has to end quick the the book that i'm that i recommended to you at the beginning of the podcast danny um uh don't don't hex and drive um it was mostly good the biggest problem i had with it is it happened over the course of like two months and they were like at the end of they were like finally we're together finally finally what who are you talking to yeah (laughs) to be fair when i was reading entranced by the basilisk it was kind of the same thing i'm like wait a minute you're like all committed and already and i get the whole faded mate thing with with some creatures but i was like 
that bitch is human. And even though maybe she got maybe some fucking shit going on supernaturally, but at the end of the day, she ain't got no faded mate. I mean, at least with gargoyles, that happened over the course of months of them actually, like, physically living together for her safety. Right. And probably about three months of her dating just the one before... Or was it months? It was. It was at least several weeks because she talked at least about several weeks. Yeah. multiple different dates that they went on. That they went on. Yes. And he was trying to do it sneaky, sneaky, so his other mates didn't find out what was going on before he was ready. I do appreciate. I'm even just if saying you we can't. What What does it hurt to have a more real realistic timeline? Yeah. Like, can you not break things up into chapters? Well, and on top of it, like I know there is the whole you know show don't tell in books, which is very true. But you can still be like, and over the course of the next couple weeks, we went on these dates and then just have like snippets or even have just like moments of that person reflecting or talking to another person being like, oh my gosh, I'm really falling for this guy. We went and did this. We went and did that. You know, just to have a couple more moments to make it feel more realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Because like even in, in this book, even though it was supposed to be like pretend girlfriend or whatever they moved in together yeah for a while there and i'm like who you pretending for then bitch ain't nobody there right that was the one thing is i wish stella had more people and i know that's hard to say because a big thing with her is that she doesn't connect to people but there just felt Mm -hmm. like you know michael had his family and his cousin um but and she just she very much fell into the trope of the female, like the heroines in a book, don't have yeah. friends. Yep, that's exactly it. Right. And, you know, the one, the couple of reoccurring characters from her life were bad. And I don't mean, like, bad as in poorly written. I mean bad as in bad guys. But, or her parents. Or, or were not supportive. Yeah. yeah. Like, her, her parents, I'm sorry, like, they, you could tell that they were doing the, the best they thought they could maybe i guess I, i'll give them that credit well and they're very um, proud of her they clearly mm-hmm. love her but was there like a weird the- undertone that like her parents were also somehow on the spectrum because her mom like flip-flopped like she was one person at the beginning of the book and it completely different person later in the book i definitely got that vibe i like my my reading of it was that her mom was high masking autistic yeah yeah that's that's what i got it as like that's what that that flip meant to me that's what i got maybe i'm wrong that's how i read it the other way you could possibly interpret it is so when you see her in the beginning nobody's around it's just like her and Stella and her she's and her dad and her dad and so like she's pressing Stella to to go on dates she wants you know all of that as moms do my own mother has done it (laughs) but the the only other time you see her is in that very public situation and so the the way you could think of it is she also could have just been trying to mitigate the problem that was happening in that moment the embarrassment that was happening and in that moment I more think about the fact, like, when she took Stella aside and they, like, had a real heart-to-heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you don't seem like the same person that we've read about. Yeah. Like, why are you nice right. all of a sudden? That Yeah, that's what I'm talking about as well. I also kind of push back against this idea that it, it makes sense that Stella wouldn't have anybody. That's because... not true, though. There are many, many autistic people that have a, a small... Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not going to say that I... Ne- doesn't well, necessarily even, have to be small but you know have a group of friends that truly understand that you know what i mean well and that's right. kind of like what i was thinking too i mean you could try to write it off as it, it's because she's just so like 
socially inept, but I'm like, but she's not. She's really not. I don't really even think that it's written that way because of her being autistic. I really don't because she seems perfectly able to then go bond with Michael's sister. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, so it, it fits more in line with the typical romance novel trope of like, we're going to absorb you into our family group or, or, or this family unit. Yeah. I hated it as well. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that that's, that's more the, what's happening here. It has, Oh, I I don't think it has anything to do with her being autistic and has everything to do with, um, wanting to show her, her being absorbed into that family. Well, to be fair, though, I did love that family. Oh, like, yeah. His oh, mom. Fuck his true. grandma. Oh, his oh, grandma was so funny. <laughs> she literally met her with, like, a giant pair of, like, hedge trimmers in her hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to cut a branch off of the thing. I love yeah. how she's just like, so you're going to do this yeah. now. <laughs> she, didn't know her. she didn't know that Michael knew her at that point. Like, she was just a customer walking in to get her dry clean. And I totally felt that, too, in my soul. If some little lady came up to me and was like, cut that down. Um, or even, you know, I don't even know how she Anybody. did it. It was something like if, that. If somebody just, like, accosted me yeah. with, like, shears and was like, you're going to cut this, I'd be like. I am? I- what? I guess I. Okay. I guess okay. I. I guess I'm cutting this. Like, it's very like, Midwest would, of us. We'd yeah. be like, okay. Well, especially <sighs> and again, especially if it is a little lady, because I'd be like, oh, I guess you can't, and I, I suppose I doing can. This. I can do it. I mean, sure. I'm in heels and a pencil skirt, but I'm more <laughs> capable than you are. You look like you're a hundred, right? right? <laughs> With like her dry cleaning yeah. hanging <laughs> off of her arm, right? Yeah. Like, just, just, uh, oh, God. I, I, that moment felt very realistic. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I was like, I feel that in my soul. If some little old lady was like, do this now, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I yes, guess. Yes, of course I will. Ooh, sure. Of course. Yes, this is happening. You don't say no sure. to my grandmother. That's just, she's 5'2". <laughs> no. Well, now she's five yeah. foot. She shrank. Um, but I do wish that Janie, or like the character that Janie fulfilled as far as being like the, the intern and then the semi like, confidant mm-hmm. was fulfilled by not a family member just to show that there are other people mm-hmm. you know well I, even just to have the you know i can't remember the name of it but there, there's another co-worker there who isn't a piece of shit ruth i can't remember what her name is but um i think her name was ruth it was something like that yeah sure um i, I honestly you could have said any name and i would have been like yeah yeah it's, it sounds That's possible where my brain's at yeah <laughs> like you could have pulled the name out of the ether and i would have been like uh-huh yes um but uh like why is it why can't she have some form of a connection with this person also you know like why does that girl have to be with dick bag mcgee uh fuck him she wasn't with him she's just like i think she ends up dating him oh does yeah. she at yeah point? i think she ends at the end or at least is like fuck buddies with him or something he is like that was one cringy part in the beginning of the book where philip this dick bag mcgee guy comes in and is like immediately is like so they're at work and he goes and knocks on our office door and they're like carrying a box of condoms and they're talking about and like he's basically bringing up like oh you're not getting any you should get out more oh my god yeah i know i was and like ew I, and I was like that to me i'm lighting their ass on fire i was right? like who the fuck let you just sexually harass everybody up and down yeah right? like i would and be her like standards are so low because then her she goes like throughout the book is like i guess that that's 
what I should aim for. Yeah, ew. What? I was like, oh, honey, don't aim for him. Who walks into somebody they work with into their own private office and is like holding a giant box of condoms and shit? Like, I ew. Don't know. To me, it felt a little and cartoony. After the, like 19 or 20 year old like, yeah. fucking intern. Yeah. That felt very realistic, but the box of condoms did feel a little cartoony. I was like, that doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it just felt a little like unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be wrong. Sexual harassment happens all the fucking time oh, in office places. A hundred percent. But that just felt like a little in your face as far as reading in a book. I was like, where's the subtext here? I instantly was like, oh, so there's the villain. Right. <laughs> um, Glad you let me know right away. Well, thanks for sharing. The thing, I think the thing about it that makes it feel realistic is he is doing it to the person that he knows isn't going to do shit about it. True. Maybe that's what it um, is. Yeah. Yeah, like the the people who pull shit like that specifically are looking for to exert power, and, oh, yeah. and it usually has almost nothing to do with at, like sexual attraction or anything like that. And it's about a power play, and they want to be able to like exert themselves on pe- to people, and so they're looking for somebody that they either know that you're not going to say or do anything, or if you did, no one would fucking believe you. Mm. Well, and especially since he is known in her family circles, like he knows about her autism, he knows about her difficulties mm. and everything. So she maybe he banked on the fact that she wouldn't say anything. Either that or it. he's uh-huh. just like, it doesn't matter. Mommy dearest got so much fucking money. I don't even need this job. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Mm. I do love that. <laughs> Stellis almost stood up for his mother at one point because he says um, he was bitching about the fact that she didn't like him, that she wanted to be with Michael and everything, you know. And he was like, he was with my mother, Stella. And she was like, yeah. And she goes, he's like, she's old. She's not that old. (laughs) I was like, okay. On one hand, I'm like, yay, go Stella, because his mom can't be that old. And obviously she still looks good right. like she's described as really beautiful mm-hmm. and but on the other hand i'm like you don't you don't have to you don't have to stand up for her Stel. <laughs> after she did after this she did the, this the battle you need to fight you don't need to fight this fight this battle for right. her she a bitch but like at the same time i'm like kind of appreciate the fact that she didn't tear down his mother when she mm-hmm. is clearly pretty and you know she's well, probably in she her... wasn't pretty obviously but yeah but i mean she She's, I mean, she's probably in her 50s, like late 50s. That's not that old. No, not at all. Okay. Until I'm 50, we then say it's as ancient. We, approach. <laughs> we are not approaching anywhere near 50. Thank you very much, Wigs. Well, raise your hand if you're closer to 40 than 30. Fuck off, <laughs> Liz, just because you're the baby. But. So, yeah, I was literally going to say, because we need to get... get back to this this book this book um okay uh let's talk let's talk about the sex that does happen okay because um there are some really good bits there are some some good bits yes um like some of it like obviously at first is like very stutter start um because one of the things that stella does is she shuts down because she's had so many bad experiences God, that's like a terrifying prospect, isn't it? This idea that you would like get in there and just freeze. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Absolutely. But like to a certain extent, 
I and certainly have never gotten to that point, but I've definitely had experiences where I'm just like, well, let's just get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt okay. that deep in my soul. Damn you, Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, I just go ahead. I was just going to say, I kind of liked the stutter stop aspect of it. Obviously, like reading through her um, trauma kind of like maybe be a good way to describe it or just yeah. like mm-hmm. hesitancy was interesting. But also just like the stutter start the you know, constantly like start, stop, start, stop of the sex scenes was like. It, it kind of got me like you know, revved up. So when they finally had sex, I was like, and we got there. We did it. <laughs> but also like, okay, so this is, this is something that I couldn't agree with more. And like, this was one of those things where I was like, you're triggering a part of my brain that I didn't know needed like to light up. Um, but like the, the smell thing, I was like, I 100% relate to this. If somebody smells bad, I'm yeah. just done immediately. Um, I'm like, oh God, just take me out. Just, mm, I can't. Disgusting. To the point where like the last guy I was seeing, I stopped seeing him because he smelled bad. I'm not kidding. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. He smelled so bad. Oh, no, it would have been a deal breaker for me too. Yeah, for me too. I also got the Uh. cologne thing because... Um, there are some smells that are very like physically triggering. Yeah. Like there's a specific type yes. of like vanilla musk that like Ugh. if I smell it, I, I actually start to get sick to my stomach. Like, yeah. I, I will straight up Cannot. get ill. Um, Cannot. So I got that for sure. And like I'm not overly sensitive to to like perfumes and stuff like that. But like my mother is mm-hmm. like we weren't allowed to have any like scented candles that weren't like vanilla in the house, which is part of the reason why I hate the smell now. Right. But it's because she can't handle it. So, yeah, like the so the, the smell thing is really accurate, but also the like uh, being attracted to someone's smell also really accurate. Um, and so I think her being like settled in by his pheromones makes really a lot of sense to me but to me the part that um (laughs) had me that i will be reading probably again if we're just gonna be straight and honest about this whole business um was (laughs) was when she they were checking um the eating out bit off of the list wow (laughs) (laughs) Like the first time when she stopped. No, no. The the successful attempt, if you want to put it that way. Just the things, the way he was like, his phrase was something like, why don't you let me put us both out of our misery and let me do it? (laughs) Do I need to look it up? I'll look it up. I don't know what necessarily what line you're referencing. I'm just remembering him being like, I can see that you really don't like this. I'll stop yes. in a minute. And she just like keeps moaning and stuff. Yes. And he's like, oh, but you really he's want like, me to stop. Okay, okay just, I'll stop. Just one more second, <laughs> please. Um, yeah. Yes. Just, just, just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Oh, God. That whole bit, I, it was, it was, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> That's all I'm it, was, it was nice, that little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. 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 That was good. <laughs> but still, I will say, not enough tail action. <laughs> there was not enough tail action. <laughs> Step up, Michael. 
What the hell? Grow a tail and learn how to use it. Oh my god. Excuses. That's all I'm seeing is excuses. We are forever going to be obsessed with tail action, though. (laughs) That's a a YouTube problem. (laughs) (laughs) Don't throw me into... Well, we're the majority, then. Don't throw me into your nonsense. I just... (laughs) I mean, if you have a prehensile tail, what are you doing with it? Yeah. You know, like, like, what's the point? So useful. Oh, God. Another part that I really liked was when she was deciding, you know, okay, we're not going to do anything more with sex anymore. I just want to be taught how to, like, have a healthy relationship. And he was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. That's not really the thing that I do. And uh, so, he, like, he thinks it over whatever. And the next time they, like, meet up and start discussing it again, you have the moment where Michael says to her, so you don't want any kissing. And she says, no. And he says, okay, so you don't want to be kissed, you know, like talk it through and he's like, okay, so you don't want to be kissed unless it's by somebody who the next person who's going to kiss you is somebody who wants to kiss you. And she goes, yep. And he just immediately kisses her. That was really cute. I, I That moment was like, yes. Yeah, that was a cute moment where, you know, and I liked it, but at the same time, I'm a dead heartless soul. So <laughs> things don't. Things don't. Things don't make you go <laughs> aren't so cute. You don't to get me. The moments. Not as much. No, uh, I do. You're not a you're not a romantic. No, I am a. Why do you think I like s- wall sex energy? I, I mean, because I like some wall sex energy too, fun. but I also like moments. No, it's not something I desire at all anymore. And so I think that's why I'm just like, eh. Fascinating trio of people. There's Wiggles, who I'm pretty sure is here for the romance. There's Danny, who's here for the smut. And then I'm just like, in kind of in between both of you, I think. Yeah. Um, well, and when we started this podcast, this was not where we thought this was going. Where did we think it? Where did you think it was going? Well, no, no. I knew like this is what we were going to do, but we didn't think that those were going to be the personalities that came out in the particular ones. Like I shocked the fuck out of you guys. I always assume I'm in the middle. It's where I belong. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. You know, the thing is. That could be taken many ways, Liz. She knew. I meant it all she of knew. those ways. She knows what she was doing. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. But yeah, I'm not a like super romantic, and that's part of the reason why like um, like rom com movies they embarrass the shit out of me, and I don't like them. See, because I- I'm just like eh. I live for that thing that makes your heart go like ah, what's happening? Is it love? Oh God, kill me. That's, I, that's the stuff. I've been fooled by mine too often that I'm like, <laughs> no, bitch, oh. go away. I I think uh, the part of me that's still a hope, hopeless romantic is the same part of me that goes, uh, no, I'm not letting you anywhere near me because unless it's the good shit, I don't want any part of it. Um, there's probably some shit to unpack there, so we're going to move past it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Liz. I see you thinking. You got thinking face on. So instead, we're gonna talk about. Uh, okay, here's here's a weird thing. Like, did you just pick a random part in the book to try to change the subject? We're changing to? the subject to the part where Michael's like got a weird obsession with her nipples. Um, <laughs> he did say she has porn star see? nipples. It was what weird. What does that even mean? 
What does it even mean? What is I don't. I think mean? it means that they're always I've like erect. No. They're like always perky. I've seen boom. enough. I mean, like, I've seen enough porn to be like, I should know what that means, and yet I don't. I, I, I mean, I agree with Wiggles that it's probably that they're like always, but like <laughs> everybody's are that way when you're turned on. And that's when what nipples do. And when you take your shirt off for the first time because they get cold. Yeah, they do. My cat tried to pierce my nipple. I mean, he seemed convinced that it was special. I guess. Maybe he's used to older nipples. <laughs> do, do your nipples no longer he go He does poop? like older women. Um, the older you get? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mine still go poop. They're not older. <laughs> older than you, bitch. Forever and ever. God damn it. <laughs> How did I insult her and simultaneously make myself sad there? <laughs> Okay, but like porn star nipples aside, <laughs> I do really love that Michael understands Stella and and not like, oh, he's the one that gets me. But the author really explains like why he understands her Absolutely. because yeah, because of his cousin, um, and like that's made very apparent right away. Yeah, no, he notices the things about her. Well, it takes him a hot minute. It does. It is Quan who notices it first. But after he thinks about it, it's like, oh, yeah, like she has sensory issues and and all of this stuff. Because like when you're neurospicy, sensory issues are can be very overloading. Oh, and she has like really good coping mechanisms for them, though. But she doesn't hide them, which I appreciate, Um, like her issues with like clothing textures and like smells and stuff and i think that that really does speak for the times a little bit because like i definitely i have sensory issues when mm-hmm. it comes to textures and clothing and stuff um and i didn't know how to explain it when i was younger like i don't like socks because i don't like the noise they make when i pull them on it's it's a weird sensory issue but like how do you ex- like as a little kid in the 90s how do you explain that i don't want to put socks on because it makes a noise well and especially because you know little kids are like no i don't want to wear clothes i want to be naked so having like an actual issue with wearing socks your Mm -hmm. parents are just going to be like no put the socks on yeah well especially because we live in the midwest and like i'm crazy i don't wear socks most of the time and i have the opposite issue like i hate like walking around in bare feet like I will not walk outside with bare feet I'll re- barely even walk in the house with bare feet I have house shoes for fuck's sake like, oh no my tootsies will be free no. <laughs> they must no they way. must be free to dance across your hardwood floors Liz <laughs> when have you ever danced <laughs> never I'm an absolutely horrible dancer now we have a challenge no Ooh, put that on the TikTok. Th- it shall not go on the TikTok. <laughs> for content. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> but can I circle back, though, for a second? Sorry, Squirrel Central here. But we mentioned Quan, and I loved Quan so much. I thought, like, the fact that he recognized Stella because his younger brother Kai is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. He recognized her situation pretty quickly. And then entirely respected the fact that she said, please don't tell Michael about it. Very much so. And that's, that is the core of being, you know, important to somebody Mm -hmm. is you respect their boundaries. I'm telling you now, I don't want him to know. Right. 
please, please don't. And it's, I love that he totally was just like, nope, good, we're cool. I I understand. And he did, he was the one who eventually, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the one who eventually kind of like hinted to Michael, like, hey, didn't you notice these things about her? But that was like after they broke up and stuff, right? Yeah, and I think it was more in a like, haven't, it was kind of a she didn't tell you thing, I think too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, like, it was one of those, well, you dummy, like, you put her in that area and didn't warn anybody that's in the house that she has issues with certain things. Because his family, like, I don't have noise issues all that much that I was getting uncomfortable reading it. Well, yeah, we talked about, like, how even somebody who wasn't on the spectrum would be uncomfortable in that situation. So... Uh, what the fuck was he doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I, and you, I mean, there is the argument that like he's around it so much he probably was, didn't even really realize and notice. Very true. But I would have definitely been ready to claw my own eyeballs out along with my earballs. Yeah. But all of that aside, I think like, you know, I think that they ended up okay in the end. Yeah, I agree. This would definitely be one of those couples that it would be interesting to see several years down the road where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. To see how they've, they've, cause you learned how to navigate those things with each other too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it is definitely a learning process. I mean, it's for any couple, but you know, you learn how to navigate the certain idiosyncrasies about your person. Right. Something I'm not entirely very good at doing, but that's <laughs> cause I'm single and there's a reason. <laughs> All of that aside, I think that kind of leads us to the end. I, I, I think so, too. So let's go ahead and talk about our ratings. Let's talk about the spies. What did you think of the spies? There was I don't know why I feel spice. the need to say that like that. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Uh, there was very little spice. So I'm thinking like 2.5. I was leaning more towards a 3 um more just because like the beginning it was pretty good but then it just like yeah like we talked about it, it just died off yeah wigs i also agree with the three um but it feels weird to say there was very little spice it just got very vanilla towards the end true yeah very I, true i want wall sex energy i <laughs> i've said it once i'll say it many times <laughs> <laughs> what about the romance then go with like a three i mean they they had they got there they got there in the end it was decently oh good decently good i i feel like a three as well maybe a 3.5 for me um but that's where i'm sitting so i guess i would go with a four um i think that when they were together romantically it was really healthy and sweet and kind even though the beginning was pretty much lust and the end was well, you, they didn't do the thing where they like come back around and you have that little like yay they're together thing and so uh, four is the best I could do. Fair, fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, give me an overall then. I I feel bad. I gave it a two point five, um, but it's not that I disliked it. It's just not my type of book in general. Yeah, I mean, I give it a 3.5, so you're not that far off from me. I just, like, I just didn't like the ending. I think that was the big killer for me. I would give it a 4. Um, I think that, like, at first I was, like, obviously I was a little bit crazy for it. 
Um, but with a little bit of time to reflect, I'm like, maybe I want a little ham. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. So with all of that in mind, if you liked this book, what do you recommend? Well, for me, it was um, The Wedding Date, um, which feels like a really good correlation because um, part of the premise of that movie is that she invites an escort um, to her sister's wedding because her ex is going to be the best man and she's going to be the maid of honor and fuck that noise. <laughs> I do love that movie. I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. I need I to watch either. it. Mm-hmm. Mm, Deborah Messing, such a pretty woman. I said The Soulmate Equation by uh, Christina Lauren, which I've said before, but I think this time it really, really fits because it's a woman in STEM. She's got interesting family dynamics. There is a fake relationship. So there's just a lot of correlations between the two books. So mine's a little bit of a cop-out. Um, it's Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood. Um, it, I just see this the correlations because they're you know they're both women in stem they have their idiosyncrasies and everything the main character in love on the brain isn't autistic but you know she has her things and everything Mm -hmm. so that's just where i kind of go with that no i think that works just fine Mm -hmm. all right folks well that brings us to the end of the kiss quotient by helen huang uh, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please go find us out on the socials at Wrong Jackets on Twitter or Wrong Dust Jackets on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Otherwise, you can go to our website, wrongdustjackets.com, or you can leave us a review, a recommendation, not a recommendation, a rating. You can give out. us recommendations. That's yeah, okay. you can. That's true. Yeah. You can also send us recommendations for things that you would like us to re- like, like us to read. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. Uh, Yeah, bye now, y'all. Bye. Bye.